Hi, I'm Neil Nix from the Truth Lies Shenanigans podcast. After every live recording, we find ourselves having intense post-show conversations. And for our subscribers, we decided to leave that record button on so you could listen in. So go ahead, hit that subscribe button so you'll never miss another episode or any of our shenanigans. In this week's episode, season three, episode 18, Behind Closed Doors, author Nisi Jordan joined us to tell us about her book and her appearance on the Beyond the Scars podcast, where she shares her story of childhood molestation and incest, as well as how it affected her into adulthood, leading to spousal abuse. This conversation carried over into the after show, and we ended up sharing our own very personal experiences of abuse and sexual assault, how it affected us, and how we were able to survive. Take a listen. I had a fumble. We, we, we have some fumbles. It's fine. Yeah, it's just more than usual yeah, yeah. for me today. I don't know what's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you got one. I was like, okay, is he gonna stop? Is he? Right. He's not gonna stop. Okay, he's not gonna shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> I knew it was, I gave extra time. I'm I figured because we took so long, but I was like, oh, let me just. I All know right. I'm not. I'm not shutting the fuck up. I got something to say. I'm a <laughs> Actually, I, I like that. Womp womp womp. That's that was a good suggestion. Mm-hmm. That was. That's it's, awesome. it's a very playful way of doing it. it like is. a very good it fits into our the shenanigans portion of what we do rob so when your granddaughter comes like the next time to see you is she gonna make you guys pb and j are you oh, gonna, well, like, yes, we're gonna make a sandwich together <laughs> absolutely we're gonna, we're gonna make a sandwich together and then when i see her carving through the bread i'm gonna say huh that's an interesting way of doing it here can you help me cut my bread i want to show you how i do it that's cute nice I mean, I no longer eat. Uh, But like I I said, like when she was cheating at the board game, it was just like, oh, kid, I love you. I could not love you more. (laughs) This is amazing. I no longer eat jelly, jam, or whatever, but I used to love like preserves. I love preserves. Oh, my God. I don't eat, I don't even eat grape, like grape jelly and jam. I don't even do. It's always preserves. Yeah, see, I've got my, I have my signature page 49 pancakes from the Betty Crocker cookbook that I've been using for the last 35 years. And when Annabella was over, I asked if she wanted pancakes and she helped me make them. And she was, when I came, when I took the eggs out, she's like, I can do it. And then one hand, she just bang and opens it up. I'm like, dude, I'm pushing 50 and I can't do that. This is amazing. (laughs) Let me get that little piece of shell, but dude. Amazing. <laughs> Have you guys heard of Polan or all fruit? Like it's preserves made you, only with fruit. Serious? I mean, I are know some What? That was no. like the thing, the rage back in the day. Wasn't it? Cherries, you would get like big old pieces of uh-huh. cherry. Oh my god, I used to love it. Do they it's, still make it? Yeah, they don't. I don't. I haven't seen the cherry though. But uh, yeah, they make what it. The and is it called? It's Polan or all fruit. It's basically fruit. jelly used only made out of fruit so no sugar it's it's actually preserves or jelly made out of um oh, only I fruit love it. it's really I good love it. i buy it love all the time it. now because I, I try to avoid sugar when possible oh, so. that looks familiar yeah. <laughs> so yeah so and you know when you have southern parents everything is like apricot mm-hmm. peaches yes whatever so <laughs> yes. we always had a lot of peach preserves apricot preserves my dad had a great time we had a grapevine in our backyard, so 
We mm. had a oh, lot beautiful. of a lot of failed a lot of failed grape preserves and jelly. Failed. I'm jealous. So uh we had Nisi J on but listening to her story on Beyond the Scars, man, it was so I don't wanna say reminiscent, but it just reminded me of like staying quiet. And yeah, that was uh the thing that kind of struck me. The other thing that kind of struck me from her conversation was it was, and I wanted to ask her, we just didn't have enough time, but she said that she allowed her kids to be around the abusers. So, I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on those things? No, I, I know that when it came to my children, I started the good touch, bad touch conversation early. My brother and I had conversations growing up where kind of felt like something was weird with one uncle, but nobody could really pinpoint anything. Um, so I, I definitely made a point of enabling my children to set boundaries for themselves. Uh, during the last show when we were talking, you know, go kiss this aunt, go kiss this cousin. It's like, I don't want to. I kiss him on the lips. Dude, I know what I don't want to do. I've always been, I've tried to be proactive and educate my kids and to let them know that there are boundaries that they can set. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a horrible occurrence. I, I'm just, I'm glad that it's never really. Yeah. I, I'm still biased about it. Cause it, it, it wouldn't be me. I don't, I what do you mean? It wouldn't be you. What does that mean? Um, what I mean by that is I wouldn't be able to see myself bring my children around my abusers, even if I have healed from it. It's just something yeah. about it. I don't know. But I do understand and respect that she, I mean, she has a, she had a close knit family. I respect anybody. Oh, yeah, sure. I respect her, but I'm just curious. Yeah. But yeah, I just couldn't. It just feels, because she even mentioned in the podcast that it felt <laughs> uncomfortable. She said, I forget the word she used, but she mentioned that it did still feel uncomfortable to this day, even with bringing her children up. So I wouldn't even, yeah. I wouldn't even want to revisit that memory at all. One, I think that, you know, we all have to keep in mind that this experience is different for a lot of people. Um, you yes. know, one victim's experience, it should not be compared to another or reaction. Sure. Um, yeah. For me, it was different because in my situation, there was a trial involved. Like, you know, I, I gave my statement. We went to the police. I gave my statement. Um, he, you know, there was an impending trial and right before trial, he pled guilty because he found out that his younger brother had witnessed something. And so he had no leverage there. Um, and so, but even with that, like, I was happy that once I told, or once I even started acting out, because remember how Nisi said what, when she was responding to Olivia's question about what do you look for? What can you, what advice do you have? Yeah. Um, Behavior. Yeah. My personality, once I started, the abuse started, my personality changed drastically. Mm. Like I, I, I didn't speak for weeks. I was up crying all the time, but never really told what was happening to me. And so finally, you know, even before I told, um, there was a rift between, you know, my, my parents and um, my dad's daughter. I don't call her my sister. My dad's daughter about something else. And so I didn't really have to be around them anymore. And I was very fortunate and glad about that because I don't think I would have been able to exist where I was putting up a facade 
or expected to be around them and be okay. But that was just that that's me and my story. Of course. Um, and yeah. then and then, you know, there was a trial and or, or there was an impending trial and he pled guilty. And so he went to jail for a little while. And that was just such a relief for me because I was validated because my dad's daughter, you know, basically said that I was lying when I finally came out. And again, I was 12. Wow. I was 12. Um, Nisi, you know, in her experience with the first portion of her abuse, she was also a child. And a lot of times children are not believed. Yep. I was very fortunate. Like, I didn't even think when I told my dad, I knew he would probably believe me. When my, my mom found out, I was shocked. She believed me immediately. Like we locked eyes as soon as I said it to her. And, you know, for those who don't know, I had a horrible relationship with my mom growing up. Horrible. But she believed, like, we locked eyes, and I didn't recognize it then. But I started to think about it as I got older, and I'm just like, okay, so I think she recognized it or believed me because something similar happened happened to her. her. That's the same thing I think happened to my my mother with my my sister. Yeah, and it it explains a lot of her behavior, Mm -hmm. um, or even you know our 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 my sibling dynamics with her like um i think she had a history with it as well but i don't in terms of would i allow my children no i i personally wouldn't but i don't i don't nec- i don't blame nisi of course not no no and i wasn't suggesting that but, but some people might, and, and I, I'm going to say, unless you've been there and you've experienced it, especially, you know, she's, she's coming from the perspective, if you listen to her um, story on Beyond the Scars, huge family, yeah. huge yes. family. Um, and so it's I'm almost like, impossible you know, for her to separate. Almost, right. It, yeah. like, but she did explain even when, you know, I brought my children back and they were around him. I watched. They never left my sight. Yeah. They never yes. left my sight. Um, and I think that's important. I think you have to, you know, don't assume that just because someone is your family yeah. that they won't right. take advantage. Always be aware. As, as you guys know, I mean, I dealt with abuse growing up. And when we're talking about telling, right, I actually hold, held a lot of resentment for a long time because I would tell people. I, I did tell. I did tell about the abuse that was going on, specifically to my grandmother and my aunt and other family members. Um, and so I would tell, but it wasn't just that they didn't believe me. It was almost like they didn't care. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. that really yeah. affected me. Like, I held a lot of resentment for a lot of years for the adults around me who either didn't listen, didn't care, or didn't do anything, including, um, you know, my father, actually. and. It's tough when you are a child and you're trying to tell someone this shit is happening to me and no one is doing anything about it. And you just have Mm -hmm. to deal with it. You have to deal with the abuse to deal with because you can't get out of it. You can't leave. You can't go anywhere. Yeah. You just have to deal with it. Right. And no one else protecting you. And so. To this day, I mean, it still bothers me because I had to. I, I ended up being the protector of my brother and sister uh, as best I could mm-hmm. as a teenager, but it wasn't. It wasn't easy. So yeah. I don't know. It's it's tough. I, can, and I, I would definitely never bring. I would never I, even now, like my abuser. I wouldn't bring my kids around my abuser 
ever. I had no plans on even introducing my kids to my abuser. You feel like the people around you are complicit because they have been witness to it and they seem to be okay with it. Yeah. So I can appreciate where that resentment comes from, Neil. And I know that from my personal experience, uh, my trauma as a child led me to alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I struggled with that uh, through my 20s and my 30s. And the expression hurt people hurt people. So that childhood trauma you carry with you into your adult life, you pattern relationships after what you've experienced. And, you know, it, it some instances, the abused can become an abuser. And there are situations in my life, I can honestly say I don't have any regrets in my life, but there are definitely moments that I'm ashamed of. Mm-hmm. And we learn from them and you hold on to it because it's it brings about humility but that trauma that you incur as a child you need to you need to speak to someone you need some form of catharsis some form of release because otherwise you're just going to go on hurting other people until you're okay with yourself and what has happened to you i'm curious liz how has your sexual assault affected your adult life i know you spoke about how you reacted as a child, but how has it affected your adult life, you think? Well, it's one of the things I thought about, you know, in listening to Nisi's story on, right. you know, Beyond the Stars. She talked about how um, she acted out. She was very angry, but she projected that anger onto other people. I was the complete yeah. opposite. I internalized everything. I am, believe it or not, as confident as I present myself, I am very hard on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. From 24 hours a day, I am judging myself. I am trying to make myself better, trying to improve in every aspect. And so when that happened to me, I internalized everything. I I thought it was my fault. I thought I was the failure. I thought for some reason, because he did single me out. Um, Granted, you know, he was one of three kids. So there, and all of them were boys. So he really didn't, you know, have like, I was his aunt. So this was my, my, my dad's daughter's son. I was his aunt, but I was much younger than him because my dad, you know, was old when I was born. Um, but I internalized everything, everything, blamed myself for years. But in my adult life, I have, there was a moment where, and I've been in therapy. Like I got my, I was, I had my first psychologist probably when I was well, 12, you know, um, when me and my girl, my best friends back then, we tried to run away for various reasons. And like Nisi, you know, I'm talking about child sex abuse, but also abuse from a parent. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I'm not going to shy away from that. Like, you know, my mom was nothing nice to me growing up. But in terms of how I responded or adjusted in my adult life, I think I came to a point where through therapy or just, you know, deciding for myself, I can't hold on to this and exist. Yeah. So I, I, for years, I, di- I didn't think about it, mm-hmm. didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I still don't really deal with it. Like I'm fine with, you know, saying, yes, this happened to me. But once we get off of this, you know, aftership, I'm not going to think about it. Like it's a dead yeah. subject to me. And no, I don't forgive him. And I think people, you know, give the idea of forgiveness, forgiveness way more weight than it needs. No, I don't forgive him because after me, there were several other young ladies that suffered several. 
He's been in and out of jail for years. And, you know, this happened to me in the 80s. We're talking 2022 now. He's been in and out of jail for years. No, I don't forgive him. No, I don't have anything nice to say about him or any of his offspring. But I don't live in that pain anymore because I needed to choose me and to live in something that was progressive for me. So that's how I dealt with it. That's how I did did the same thing. Yeah. Now, do I think I it's a it's affected the way I see men or how I've had intimate relationships younger? Yeah, I do think because it took me a while. Like some young ladies, you know, they become um, hypersexualized mm-hmm. as yeah, or the opposite of hypersexual. And I was the complete. I, I was the complete opposite. Yeah. Complete. So it's it's just. But I I chose the path that I thought I could survive in the best. And it was just, you know, this happened. Now we are going to move on to positive things. Um, and I know I that's the not the path thing. that a lot of people huh. are able to take. I, I I recognize that. But for me, it was just because I had other abuse going on. It's like, okay, yeah, you're not going to focus on this because this is still a constant over right. here mm-hmm. with yeah. your mother. So, <laughs> yeah. you know. I had to let that. I personally had to let it go, too. That was the only way I could yeah. cope was just to say, you know what? It happened. It's over. Um, I'm out of that situation and just let it go. I actually, I personally forgave my mom for the abuse. Personally, just I forgave her within myself. <laughs> not out <okay>. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't actually go to her and say, I forgive you because I'm not going to do that. But I, I, in myself, I forgave her knowing that there is a sickness that she's dealing with. Right. Um, and maybe she's out of control and can't control that sickness. Fine. So I can forgive that. But yeah. the number one thing I had to do was remove that sickness from my life. And that's how I coped. And that's how I was able to get through and, and kind of persevere through that. So I think for me, I probably, I mean, if we're going to weigh it on the scale, honestly, I probably, and again, I'm not talking about any actual forgiveness, mm-hmm. but I probably forgive my mom more than I forgive my childhood sex abuser because Interesting. I, as an adult, I understand a lot of the trauma that my mom experienced growing up in the South. Um, but as a child, and, and I was, my abuse involved threats. Like I was threatened. Like there was a lot that went into And I just, I, you know, I can't imagine any other child having to experience that and having that be their first um, introduction into a sexual or, for lack of a better term, intimate experience. Experience. Um, So I, I will, I will never forgive that. I will never have any compassion for that. None. 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 Yeah. Nor should you. Unfortunately, we are out of time. It's got extremely deep. So I do appreciate you all sharing uh, what you were feeling and the struggles. There are struggles real out there. So all we can do is... And that's why we need people like Nisi to get the conversation going because there's a catharsis. We all know someone that has experienced trauma. We know someone. Even if we don't want to acknowledge that we know people, this happens more Way more. Yeah. Way more. Way almost a norm at this point. And we just yeah, don't even realize it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that's yeah. why um, Beyond the Scars is so important, uh, getting these stories yes. out. And then also Absolutely. 
talking like we talked about how we dealt with it, how we persevered, how we got over it, because I think that's what some people need. You know, when you, you think yeah. about Lizzie's uh, 25-year-old self trying to deal with these issues, she could have gone anyway. Nisi talked about how she was dealing with suicide, you know, and, and, yeah. and considering suicide. And so, you know, there are people who need help, guidance, suggestions, thoughts, because everybody's so different in how they cope and how they deal with stuff. So that's why I think Beyond the Scars is going to be so valuable, Johnny. So continue doing a great job with that. Bring those stories. Let's get some more of those stories now. All right. Thank you, everyone. Tune in the TLS. Yeah, tune in the TLS. Yeah, tune in the TLS.